0: Now, and if you've got a Bible with you and you want to follow the reading, it's Isaiah 62, chapter 62. So we are getting there. We're in the 60s. And I'm also going to be reading from Revelation as well, from chapter 21 and 22. But as we have been doing, we're going to read the whole chapter and. uh, It'll appear on the screen. There we go. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. And you will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name you your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. And as a young man marries a young woman, so your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies. And never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. But those who harvest will eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Pass through, pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones. Raise a banner for the nations. The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, see your savior comes. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called sought after, a city no longer deserted. And then from Revelation chapter 21. Verses 1 to 4, and then 22 to 27. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Then verses 22 to 27. I did not see a temple in the city Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun nor the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will will its gates ever be shut. For there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then from Revelation 22, verse 12 to 17. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to see the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magical arts, the sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I say this often, but whenever I come to these passages in Isaiah, I come with a little bit of an awe and trembling. So um, we need God's help um, because it's an amazing stuff, and uh, he has things that he wants to share with us through that passage. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the Bible, and we are so privileged to be able to have the Bible in our hands, on our phones, on our computers. We can turn to it any moment of the day. And we pray that we'll be a people of word and spirit, molded by your word and filled with your Holy Spirit that we may be the people that you want us to be. So we thank you for the prophet Isaiah. We thank you for this amazing man who you spoke to, Lord, many, many years ago and through whom you still speak to others, even ourselves here tonight. In Jesus' name, will you open our ears and our hearts to hear your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In my uh, Bible, the heading, um, obviously Isaiah didn't write the headings, but we have headings, helpfully, written by editors. It's Zion's New Name, which is the title I gave uh, to the talk, Zion's New Name. A new name signifies a new relationship, or a new status, or a different future. In a couple of weeks' time, my daughter, our daughter, will no longer be called Caristella. And I'm going through a little bit of a process with that. Um, She's going to be called Karis McCall. Things will have changed. There'll be a new status. She'll be a wife. And there's a future that God has outlined for her and for Steve. In the Bible, we have occasions where people are given new names. You'll be familiar that Simon was given a new name of Peter by Jesus. That Saul chose for himself a new name, Paul. It wasn't given by the Lord. It was he who chose it. And it's interesting that he swapped the name of a king to Paul, which means little one, even means runtish. He deliberately chose a name that was humble in the sight of the grace of God. Cities have been given new names over the years. I don't know. if I was trying to remember my geography earlier on. I was jotting them down. Constantinople? Very good. Oh, very good. Bombay? Saigon? Ho Chi Minh City? That's as far as I got. All you geographers are now going off on one. and Oh, yes, those names. Isaiah 62. Obviously, he didn't have chapter headings, so his prophecy just follows straight on. Isaiah 61 dealt with the good news. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. It was Jesus speaking through the prophet. Amazing. This man who lived 700 years before Jesus saw Jesus. And Jesus actually spoke through him. Absolutely astonishing. And he moves from that chapter of the good news of the Messiah, the first coming of Jesus, and the actual quote that Jesus takes upon his lips in Luke chapter 4 when he stands up in the synagogue in Nazareth, and he says, These words are fulfilled in your hearing. He proclaims the year of the Lord's favor, that the time of Jesus is the time of God's favor. And once again, Isaiah's vision leaps even further Ahead To the glorious coming of Jesus a second time. See your savior comes. And he talks about Jerusalem and he talks about Zion. And he talks about his passion that there is a promise of a new name. Of a new Jerusalem. A new Zion. It's as if Isaiah gets the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. But in Revelation when we read those passages we see the front cover of the jigsaw puzzle box. All there. And amazingly, this prophet, 700 years before Jesus, is seeing those pieces of that jigsaw puzzle. Isaiah 61 ended with the words, the Lord will make righteousness and praise to spring up from all nations. Righteousness and praise to spring up from all nations. The question we would probably ask is, how, where? Where? And he talks about Zion and Jerusalem, but not the old one. But there's going to be a new one. So in the first verses, verses 1 to 5, he says, I can't keep quiet. For Zion's sake, I'll not stay silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet. Because it's from Zion that righteousness will shine like the dawn and salvation like a blazing torch. And all nations will see it. And kings of the earth will come to it. Is he talking about his days? Is he talking about the coming of Jesus? In some ways, he's talking about all of those things. He may not even know what he's saying. But we're on the hindsight of the cross and the resurrection and the teaching of Jesus. We can see through these words of this prophecy that he is almost seeing like, if you see a picture of a mountain range. If you've ever been to Edward's house, he has this most amazing photograph of the Himalayas. And it's one panoramic after another, after another, after another, all stitched together. And you can see just one mountain top after another mountain top and another mountain. It's all in the same picture. But if you were actually to go there, there would be miles between one mountain top and another mountain top and another mountain top. But you see it in that picture, and I see this a bit in Isaiah. He sees this amazing picture of the, these mountain tops, and he doesn't know how long it is between one or the other or the other. And it speaks to his day, and it speaks to the days that are to come. It speaks about Jesus coming, but it also speaks about Jesus coming again. But Isaiah longs to see it. He is longing for it, as we are. We're longing for the return of Jesus. We, we, we know that he is patient because he's going to save more people, and we want him to, to save more, but I, part of me wants him to come tomorrow. To renew all things. To bring justice and righteousness to all. And the new, Isaiah says, will be so different from the old. It won't be just a rebranding. I mean, rebranding's good. But that's not what Jesus is going to do. He's going to make all things new. Nations will come to its light. And you will be called by a new name. And we see from Revelation that that new name is that holy city, the new Jerusalem. And it's interesting that as you delve deeper, it won't be a, a city as we know it. Because we are it. We're the city. The people of God. The holy people. A bride beautifully dressed for her husband. It's not just stones. This new Jerusalem Is the people of God. The ones he died for. The ones he's redeemed. And the ones that will come with him. It's quite exciting, isn't it? Living stones. Full of the glory and salvation and righteousness. And he declares it the joy of the whole earth. Not a physical city that we'll all be in awe and wonder at. But us. We are the joy of the whole earth. And he promises in verse 8 and 9, that, uh, and, and he mixes those metaphors between, between that city of Jerusalem that he lives around, but the heavenly one as well. But there will be, never a time will it be overrun again. Never a time when it will be ruined again. Some people ask me, you know, well why won't it all happen again? When Jesus comes and makes the new creation, will it just go wrong and pear-shaped like the first one? No, the Bible says no. It will never be ruined. It will never be overrun. It will never be destroyed. It will never be deserted. And all these images come tumbling forth from this prophet Isaiah. And all of it is destined for glory. There is celebration in these images. We're called the crown of splendor, the royal diadem. There's almost that picture, if if you're sporting, you you know that moment when your team wins the cup and and they go up and receive their medals and then the the captain comes and he gets the trophy and he waits. They do it all the time now. And they go, and he lifts it up and all the crowd, their supporters cheer. I want you to picture this new Jerusalem, you and me with the Lord Jesus and it's as if Jesus will be picking us up and going, this is the display of my glory. Ready? You and me. You and me. Because we will be like him and we will be shining with his glory I can tell you're all so excited about that. <laughs> we're to be a trophy of his grace. He describes as his bride that we're going to be married to him. The delight of a husband in his bride. There is rejoicing over us. Your God will rejoice over you. He does that now. Every time someone gets saved. We've seen it on the Alpha Course. People made commitments to Jesus. You know the whole of heaven was rejoicing over them. They may not have heard it, but the whole of heaven was breaking out over them. Because as someone prayed, this is an eternal significance that happened. It may have happened three weeks ago on a Thursday night on Alpha, but it was eternal. Because the decision that was made is an eternal decision. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. We have not a clue how he loves us. He went to the cross for us. If you ever get to that point, and we all do, we go up and down in our faith and sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. If you ever wonder how much you're loved by God, you just look at the cross. He came himself and died for you. And then Isaiah talks about intercession. Verses 6 and 7. God has a word of encouragement for all those who, like Isaiah, long for the day of the Lord. I have posted watchmen on your walls. The intercessors who will seek him. Those who pray your kingdom come. The 24-7 movements around the world. Do you know there is unceasing prayer? Around the globe, every moment of every day, every day of every year, there is unceasing prayer. In one pocket or another of the church of Jesus Christ. People have done studies and they feel that there is more prayer now rising up from the people of God than has ever raised. Because the people of God are more coordinated now. Just think of the kingdom come thing that we've come through. You know, that was right across Europe and the world. And Isaiah has this word of encouragement. I have posted watchmen on your walls, God says. And we are to give God no rest until he comes. Do you like that bit? You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes. Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. And then the invitation, verses 10 to 13. To prepare the way of the Lord. The Savior, the Lord, will come. His banner has been raised. The trumpet will be sounded. The proclamation will be made. See your King. See your Savior comes. And the echoes of those, you know, if you're familiar with anything of the New Testament, you'll feel those echoes. See your king comes. Humble. Riding on a colt, fold of a donkey. Prophecy from Zechariah. We see that. But more than that, there's the next mountaintop. That's why I wanted to read those verses from Revelation. I am coming, he says, and my reward is with me. Who is his reward? We are his reward. We are his recompense. He is coming with those who are his. So we're to prepare for the coming of the Lord to get ready. See your king, your savior comes and his reward is with him. His holy ones, the redeemed of the Lord. I find this. Book of Isaiah, amazing. I've, I was chatting to a friend of mine who's a minister, and he said, "Really, you've gone through the whole of Isaiah?" I said, "Yeah, we've gone through. You didn't just choose the best bits, did you?" I said, "No, no, we've been quite disciplined." He said, "Gosh, how did you deal with all the woe bits?" I said, "Yeah, you should see the congregation through those weeks. <laughs> woe again, but in these chapters, we're getting to the mountaintops." That picture of that Himalayas again, we're getting to one of the mountaintops here. And we catch a glimpse of what Isaiah saw because we see even more the coming of Jesus Christ again. I find it amazing. So yes, he's speaking to his own time. He's speaking about the coming of Jesus the first time to bear sin, but he's also seeing beyond that to the second coming of Jesus. This beautiful bride, beautifully adorned, dressed for her husband. And so as we come in a few moments to share in this simple meal that we call communion or the Lord's table, we hear Jesus invite us. And there's that lovely passage in Luke's gospel when he talks about the Last Supper and he says, this is the last time I'll share this with you until I come again. And we will do this until he comes again. But it's a foretaste. It's a place to get right with God, yes. It's a place to receive forgiveness again, but it's also a place to look forward and say, one day we're going to share in the wedding feast of the Lamb with Jesus We cannot imagine the glory of it all, but we believe it because we believe Jesus. And we are invited, each one of us, to be part of it. Zion will have a new name. Jerusalem will have a new name. It will be the people of God, the new Jerusalem, the holy ones. And on that day, we will be the people, beautifully, perfect, and presented without fault, and with great joy, before the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Going to invite Zach and the band back. Father. Thank